0: Mission Control, we are go for spitballing. Three, two, one, here we go. Welcome to the Spitballing with Ecom Elite podcast. Spending time dropping knowledge from luxury locations all around, around the world. world. It's seven figure entrepreneurs, Don Snydling and Chris Keith, with the inside scoop on how to really obtain freedom through e commerce. Get ready to learn how to make money online with your hosts, Todd and Chris. So, let's get started. Hello everybody, Chris Keith once again for yet another episode of Spitballing with Chris and Todd. This is a continuation of the Amazon merch discussion. In episode one of the merch version of the podcast, we explored a little bit about what is merch. It is basically a pretty straightforward print-on-demand service created by Amazon.com. A couple things to grow on that notion that I wanted to cover in this episode was what kind of things, as of this broadcast of this podcast, this is in 2017, we're getting to mid-October here, you can print on one thing, and that is a t-shirt. Kind of like the Henry Ford, you can have any color you want, as long as it's black. So you can have anything you want. As long as it's a T-shirt on merch, right now. Now I do know that they are growing. They're growing into um, it's in the in the base code source code of the pages of Amazon merch. You can see a few things coming down the pipe are the long sleeve shirts, uh, hoodies, and coffee mugs, which is really really cool. So not only are the T-shirts, you can do things around that with new, with your designs, you can not only put a design on a t-shirt, you can put them on a few different things. We know this to be true not only in the source code, but as I mentioned in the last episode, Amazon started merch in 2015, but now they're moving into really growing this thing. And you can tell not only from what's in the source code, but you can see from their hiring. If you look at uh, Amazon.com's actual website in Seattle, they actually just hired... A couple months back, or they had a—they I don't know the hiring uh, exactly status, but I saw we saw the ad job posting for somebody to be the director of development for Amazon Merch. They said themselves, this thing is launched and doing well, growing like a beast. We need somebody to take this thing over and really grow it. And then they had, at last check, twelve slots available for programmers to help build out all things Amazon Merch. So they're going all in. Amazon's spending a lot of money and time and effort to build out this space. So what was I going to talk about in this episode? I was going to talk about my concerns about Amazon Merch and how they relate to success or not on the platform. There are a number of other print-on-demand, POD. I'll call them POD so I don't have to keep saying print-on-demand. We'll call it POD services. Things like uh, Gearbubble. Uh, Etsy is a big one Custom Ink, Printful Each of those, and there are many many others Each of these services are doing something Very similar to what Amazon is doing Why is Merch by Amazon a better alternative? Why is it better than Going out to something like a Printful Or Custom Ink or something like that? One, uh, Custom Ink in, in and of themselves, good service But dang are they expensive, so there's that Two uh, Amazon has a lot of things Figured out Okay, they, 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 Amazon. What we tell people is, yes, they are a, uh, they're a retail website for sure. People buy things, and uh, many customers, my, myself included, buy a lot of things. But a lot of people, myself included, again, Todd and I both sell a lot of things on Amazon.com. It really is a marketplace. But if you peel back the onion and go even deeper, Amazon's really a, lo- a logistics company. Warehouse and logistics. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, I don't get that. What's Amazon really good at? They have fulfillment centers all over the country, all over the world, I'm sorry, all over the world. Those that sell FBA, fulfillment by Amazon. When you're a third-party seller like myself, like Todd, like many, many other people, those in our Econ Elite community and many others, you are what's considered a third-party seller. That is a big part of Amazon's strategic development of their revenue moving forward. If you look last year in 2016, in a Q3 or Q4 board of directors meeting, uh, sorry, shareholders meeting, Jeff Bezos said himself that there are a few pillars of the success of Amazon moving forward. One of them is the third party platform section of Amazon that is you and me potentially, that includes merch by Amazon, that includes third-party or FBA sellers. That's a lot of revenue generated. We pay everything that we sell to Amazon, we pay a 15% royalty on the FBA side. So if I sell listed items, branded items like uh, Harry Potter candies, maybe we can find a distributor that sells those things and we can sell that stuff. Every dollar worth we sell, 15 cents goes right to Amazon, as well as it's very discounted, but inbound shipping cost. We've got to pay to get it to Amazon. We pay storage fees for those items. Each of these things are costs and fees that are passed on to us that we pay for, and we price accordingly, of course. But that's a big money generator, revenue generator for Amazon. Merch is no different. You can sell your t-shirt and your designs, soon to be other designs, you can sell your t-shirt on that, on that platform, on the Amazon platform, but you're paying a commission each time. Ain't nothing free, right? So that leads to my concerns about merch. When you're a third-party seller, an FBA seller, you have a lot more control. When it comes to this platform, the merch platform, there is a staggering amount of control that's missing in my mind. Now, there's a trade-off. You don't, as we discussed in the last episode, You don't have to pay any money for this service other than a royalty. You pay nothing until a product is sold. That's pretty amazing. Whether you're an FBA or FBM fulfilled by merchant seller, meaning you store the stuff at your facility, something gets sold on Amazon and you ship it out yourself, you still have costs there. You've bought, typically, the inventory to sit in your warehouse or if you're FBM, or you buy it and you send it to an Amazon fulfillment center. Again, they're the logistics side. They take your stuff, hold onto it, customers buy it, Amazon ships it out for you. And they do all the cool stuff in the background. That's the warehouse and logistics part of it. But each of those steps, you in the FBA and FBM side, you have a little more control, but you're paying for that inventory ahead of time. There's the trade-off. I have to buy... Whatever it is, maybe it's small, I have to buy $100 worth of stuff, candy, if it's a branded item, or if it's a private label item, meaning I don't buy branded, I don't buy William Sonoma kitchen towels, I buy my own version, that to have nothing but a tag on it saying that it's 100% cotton towel. There's no brand, it becomes my brand. It's Chris's towels. That's a private label situation where I can put my own sticker and my own UPC on that thing. Send it to Amazon, and I make a listing saying, hey, Chris is awesome cotton towels. Let's not get bogged in those details, but that's another way to sell on Amazon. And each of those steps, I've got a lot of control. Now, admittedly, as I said, I've had to purchase maybe 100 bucks, or 1000 bucks, or 10000 bucks worth of that inventory that I now own. If it doesn't sell, I now have a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand dollars worth of kitchen towels. So I either be I should be a really messy cook or my family for the next decade is going to get a whole hell of a a lot of Christmas presents that have towels in them. So there's the risk involved, right? Now here's the trade-off on the merch side. You don't have to buy inventory, you just have a design. So my concern here on the business side is that lack of control is challenging to me. It worries me a whole bunch because when I don't have control over my process, when I don't have control over the flow of customers, that's an issue. Now, you may say, Chris, that's silly. You don't really control stuff on the, on the FBA side. If you're an Amazon third-party seller, and let's use your towel example, Chris, you put your stuff down to Amazon and you hope the heck people can see it. Yes and no. So I launch my product that's a kitchen towel and I launch it and I get it out there. So what happens here? I have more control because I can use something called sponsored ads or pay per click. I can actually pay to have my product show up on page one right at the top right hand corner of that page. It's a bidding process. It's called sponsored ads or PPC or pay per click meaning I have to bid and pay a certain amount of money each time someone clicks on my ad. So this is a comparison like, it's like you start a business and you put that business in the middle of an Iowa cornfield and hope the heck someone sees it. Okay, probably not the best thing in the world, but let's say you're in the middle of that uh, Iowa cornfield and no one's going to see you. Now, the nearest highway, what you could do is for the first uh, two or three miles right before your store, you could put up a bunch of billboards saying, hey, take the next left because we have the awesomest stuff at this store. Take a left here, drive a half a mile, and there we are. You're advertising, and you're right in front of every single person now that's driving down that road. So you were invisible before. Now you're seen. Now you can put some advertising dollars there and get seen and get drive what's called in e-commerce parlance, drive traffic to your listing, your cool towels. People buy them or not, but that's a different discussion. They buy them if the price is right, and off you go. You start to make sales. You have control. On the merch side, the challenge is just like the comparison to the Iowa cornfield. You're putting a product out there, and you're really hoping somebody sees it. So you need to be really tricky and very careful on how you create your brand name and your title and your bullet points and what those are called keywords, meaning how do people find my thing? I've got my store in the middle of Iowa, a cornfield. How do I get people there? I need to use the right keywords. That's like not so much advertisement, but... Not like a sponsored ad, but you've got to say the right things at the right time, maybe at a baseball game or in the, the cafe in town. And sort of mention so a few people can hear you, hey, I've got this cool store. Did anybody else see that store? That's kind of awesome. So that's where Amazon's search algorithm picks up those words. Says, hey, okay, you're looking for maybe a, a Halloween t-shirt about unicorns Riding in a jack-o'-lantern car. I don't know. That's something I pulled out of my ear. Maybe you're looking for that specifically. Maybe maybe we'll show you these shirts. So you're hoping that a robot, an algorithm, a robot, a calculation, figures out you're a good match for the things people are asking for. Tough one, right? You see where I'm getting at. We're kind of throwing stuff out there. We're throwing a whole bunch of things at the wall and seeing what sticks. Now, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that, right way to formulate your title, your brand name, your bullet points. We'll talk about that in a few episodes for sure. And better still, I've got some YouTube videos teaching people, and I've actually got some tools to teach people how to, free tools to teach people how to do exactly that as well. Point being, though, and back to the earlier point of this particular episode, the control. I'm concerned about the control as it relates to merch. You don't have a lot of control there. You throw throw things out there, and you hope someone sees them. That's the trade-off. When you're selling on merch, you got to hope that you get the right combination of a really good design and you get the right keywords and information in there so a bot picks it up and you can be seen by enough people that maybe those that do see it like it, they like the price and the design, then they buy it. I get concerned about that from an e-commerce business standpoint, but that's my concern, your decision to make, whether that concerns you or not. Again, no cost. It's worth a shot. As we said before, great place to start and dip your toe in the water as it relates to selling online and selling on Amazon. I still think it's a great thing. Put the invitation out there. Why not? You have nothing to lose. Go to merch.amazon.com. Put your invite in there if you haven't. It's going to be a few months, probably, especially we're coming into the fourth quarter, the last three months of a year. The uh, October, November, December part is the gravy train. It's the biggest spending time online, hands down. Amazon just explodes with sales. So just you just get kind of the shrapnel of online sellers, the, the frenzy that is buying during the holiday season. Sales increase. So it's a good time to be out there and try to be in there. If you're not invited yet, might have missed the boat there. But hey, it's always next year for sure. And it's never too late to get started. You'll hear us say this in... In podcast episodes all the time, you've probably heard the, I think it's a a Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So whatever you're doing, listening to this, learning about merch, learning about selling, starting your own online business or selling online or starting on Amazon, go. Start. Take action. Listen to some of my other other episodes. Listen to some of Todd's podcasts on the spitballing with Chris and Todd, episodes to see, hey, where can I get started here or otherwise? Put the invite in. Listen to more podcasts on merch. We'll cover more topics next, and I thank you for your time. We'll talk to you in the next episode.